0: Emoji. It's our spooky podcast that we do every other week. And it's that week. You're the lucky one. Congratulations.
1: You lucky duck.
0: It's time to listen to Ghost Emoji. Yep. With me, I'm Taylor, one of your uh, your co-hosts. I'm Becca. She's the other co-host. And together we make one super host.
1: Yeah, kind of, I guess.
0: For... The parasite that is spooky stories mm-hmm. Just burrow into my skin.
1: Okay, so are we like um, in Voltron where it's like one of us gets on top of the other and we click together essentially and form one mega host? Or is it more like we're amorphous blobs that absorb into one another to like form a mega host?
0: I think more of the second one.
1: Okay. I prefer that. First thought, best thought. Because someone has to be the butt and someone gets to be the head. And that just seems unfair. Well, especially with
0: just the two of us, there's there's no one else to nope. relegate that to. Nope. But in this way, we're just a blob and we just, you know, absorb and excrete
1: through one membrane. Sick. Not in the gross kind, in the cool kind. Sick.
0: <laughs> sick. I thought it was kind of gross, but... I mean, it
1: is, but that's also kind of sick.
0: Ugh. Oh. Becca, I'm sleepy.
1: I kind of wondered, because you've been on the road all day.
0: I have been on the road, and it's like nice and cloudy out and Mm kind of foggy and rainy and cold, and I just want to bundle up and go to sleep. It's also 930 at night, so. I'm going to fall into a sleep so deep. You might even think I'm dead. Mm -hmm. You would put me in the ground. Yeah, we're not going to check
1: or anything. We're just going to put you in there.
0: Even though I'm still alive.
1: <laughs> if you couldn't tell that's the topic this week is buried alive.
0: D I loved my segue. I hit it so hard.
1: It was good. It was really good.
0: <laughs> and I did pull into it the fact that I am I am actually very tired, but I didn't know we were doing this until literally like five minutes ago, and I'm so pumped. I know I sound tired, but like my my brain is ready to absorb all of this Terrifying information. My big throbbing brain.
1: I hope I don't disappoint. I tried to go through <laughs> and actually read all of it instead of just like doing my Frankenstein notes, where I slap things together and try to make sentences where sentences should not go. <laughs> so I tried real hard. Sources for today's episode: uh, are medicaldaily.com dot com allthat'sinteresting.com, bbc.co.uk, independent.co.uk, grunge.com, that's mostly the end, mentalfloss.com, popularscience.com, and deadbell.com. Man. I, I really tried. I really did.
0: <laughs> the internet is a, a wealth of information.
1: Truly. Also, this seems to be a very popular topic.
0: That makes me nervous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, not because it's super common anymore, but it was very common. All right, so... We're talking about premature burial slash live burial slash sepulture sepulture. I don't know. It means to be buried while still alive. So animals or humans may be buried alive accidentally on the mistaken assumption that they're dead or intentionally as a form of torture, murder, or execution. It also can occur with consent of the victim as a part of a stunt with the intention to escape. The way that one dies when they're buried alive, typically they die by asphyxiation, dehydration, starvation, or in cold climates, hypothermia, because basically a person trapped with fresh air to breathe can last a considerable time and burial has been used uh, and a lot of the time it's used as like a cruel method of execution, and it lasts sufficiently long for the victim to comprehend and imagine every stage of what's happening, because you're trapped in total darkness with very limited or no movement, and you experience great psychological and physical torment, including extreme panic. And then the medical term for the fear of being buried alive is taphophobia, and it's very common. I have it. Surprise? <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm also claustrophobic, so I mean, it. I feel like one lends into the other. They just hold hands. The buddy system. Yep. Mm-hmm. The buddy system of terror. I know.
0: Didn't they do this at the end of Aida?
1: I have no idea what that is.
0: It was. It's a musical.
1: Oh, well, then I've definitely not seen it.
0: <laughs> well, I feel like it was a musical, and we saw it at a UIL competition or something. I just remember thinking it was really dark because whatever, I don't know if it was Aida or or some other musical. That's just the first thing I thought of, but it's about maybe Egypt. God, I can't remember. But basically at the end the two like main characters including maybe Aida are put in like a cube and entombed in a vault or a pyramid or something like that. But the two people are like in love. So like, at least I'll be with you at the very end. And even if you're very, very in love with someone being buried alive in a very small vault, what about when you have to poop? Like what's going to happen?
1: I mean, depending on we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how much air pretty much there is and how long that that'll last but do you not even have time to poop i i mean maybe if you've got a really full stomach you'd have time to poop but oh okay um cool cool cool
0: i guess i'll just wait for the juicy details Mm. here they
1: come (laughs) there's good news at the end don't worry fear not friends this made me feel better about my fear
0: okay knowledge is power i guess do you want to read about the attempts attempts to prevent being buried alive when you go fight the power, you will not bury me alive. <laughs> In the 18th and 19th century, both doctors and non-medically trained people were responsible for declaring someone dead. Uh, but they often lacked the expertise to determine the difference between a corpse and a person suffering suffering from catalepsy or a similar paralysis or someone who had lapsed into a coma. The coma thing, I guess I could kind of see. But I feel yeah. like you would still be able to tell if they're like breathing Or not.
1: Sometimes the breath was so shallow and they didn't have stethoscopes until like uh, the late 1800s. There was a thing where there was a joke that I took out where a guy was like, maybe we should use a stethoscope to see if their heart's still beating. And people were like, (laughs) ha 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 ha. Rude. I also took out a part about being prodded in the anus with like a metal rod. So (laughs) they'd start off by like pinching nipples to see if the person was like, Not actually dead. And then they'd insert like a rod into the anus. I'm just like, if they're in a coma, they're not going to wake up. So that's not going to work.
0: But they don't know what a coma is.
1: That's because they're stupid and old. Anyways.
0: I don't know what a germ is.
1: (laughs) What is this? Germ. (laughs) Germ.
0: Uh, during the summer months, when temperatures were high, it was common practice to bury a body within 24 to 72 hours after they died. And this speedy burial prior to the introduction of modern embalming methods was to prevent the body from decomposing in the home where funerals were usually held. I heard something about, like, that's what I, why it was called the living room. Ew. It's because the room where, like, the living people would hang out, I guess, like, during a funeral.
1: Why would you name it specifically for the one thing it's used for? Like, occasionally. Like, not even on a regular basis, but...
0: I don't know. I guess I'm just glad that we don't do this in the home anymore. I'm glad yeah, that we have outsourced it.
1: Funeral homes? Yeah.
0: So, they didn't want to decompose in the home. During epidemics, it was even more likely for someone to be buried accidentally because of the rush to dispose of diseased corpses. Cool. Some diseases, such as cholera, left the victim with an emaciated, wasted-away appearance, which could be mistaken for death. The actual number of people buried alive between the 1800s to 1900s remains a mystery, which is terrifying. Ugh. So, in a, a 1905 report covered in the book Premature Burial, How It May Be Prevented, co-author William Tebb founder of the London Association for Prevention of Premature Burial, founded in 1896, recorded 219 instances of narrow escape from premature burial. Um, Of these cases, 149 were of actual premature burial, 10 described bodies that were accidentally dissected before death. Yeah. Oh, vivisections. That sucks. Ugh, ugh. And two involved embalming still-living
1: people. Guys, get it together. Jesus Christ. Good times. So glad we don't live in 18 and 19 hundreds.
0: Cheese and crackers. Okay, sometimes suspected corpses (laughs) were subjected to abusive tests to establish death. It ranged from the fairly benign nipple-pinching all the way up to hot pokers inserted into their rectums. Yikes. Um, if no complaints registered on the last test, it must certainly be safe to presume them dead. <clears throat> People laughed in 1846 when French Dr. French Eugene... His first name is French?
1: Mm, that's what
0: it said. French Dr. French Eugene Beauchut.
1: It might just be Eugene Beauchut, but I don't... I did not rewrite French.
0: Dr. Beauchut. Beauchut. That's good. He suggested... The use of a new stethoscope technology to listen for the existence of a heartbeat. Man, sometimes, the little things. Right. Yo oy, You see, Beck has inserted a photo of a vault. And below it, it says, Premature burial is impossible when this vault is used. A person could live for hours in one of these compartments, or at any rate, long enough to open the cover by turning the hand wheel." Cool, the handwheel's on the inside. Meet. Yep. Nice. So, they're really doing the work.
1: There was some, like, real intense, like, fear of this.
0: I mean, if it happens once, that's too many times.
1: I agree. (laughs) I mean, I agree. Don't get me wrong.
0: Some people were so frightened by the rumors of people being prematurely buried, they would make amends to their wills or make bizarre requests to be performed after their death. Quotation marks. According to legend, George Washington requested that his body not be buried until two days after his death, just to ensure that he was in fact truly dead. It even says that the tradition of holding a two-day wake in which the body can be viewed before being buried came about as a way to ensure that the cadaver did not suddenly wake up. Hans Christian Andersen carried a card that he placed in hotel rooms while traveling, which read, I am not really dead. What a weird thing to do. Right? Mr. Anderson. (laughs) Shortly before his death, Anderson asked a friend to sever his arteries if he was ever declared dead just to be on the safe side. Kind of like chopping the head off of a vampire. Yeah. Better safe than sorry.
1: Good times.
0: Former Boston attorney Alfred Giles believed that death was gradual and took place over a long period of time. He created a mortuary room behind a closet in his home- Oof, where right? he wanted his body to remain <laughs> until it had decomposed, or uh, which he claimed could be forty or more days. During that time, friends and family, not just uh, an undertaker, would tend to the corpse. Are you having fun reading this? I am not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's so well, much just... gross. <laughs> like... uh,
0: I know. I know a lot of things. Just. From like I think there was like a lore episode on it that was was pretty good, but sometimes you just you forget the really mm-hmm. visceral stuff. Yeah. And I just take for granted that when I go, you know, people will be able to tell. And maybe I shouldn't take that for granted. Maybe every day I should put my hands together, pray to Lord Santos and say, thank you for letting someone invent the stethoscope. And making it so that no one has to chop my head off when I die, like we live inside the fucking Walking Dead.
1: <laughs> Oof. Yeah.
0: Or I don't have to hang out in my closet and hope that my family likes me enough to peek in on me and make sure that I'm turning into a pile of gooey dust.
1: You don't want a grand mortuary room at the back of your house?
0: I can't afford a grand mortuary room to be added on. Just throw me in the backyard. See what happened, I guess.
1: <laughs> uh, Here it goes. Okay.
0: So, rumors of people accidentally being buried alive during the 18th century cholera outbreak spurred the design of safety coffins.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Better safe than dead. Uh-huh. So, safety coffins are... Devised to prevent premature burial, although there is no actual evidence that any have been used to successfully prevent someone from being accidentally buried. I guess if they work well enough. Yeah. Or they just don't wake up in time and they just die on their own. I don't know. Ugh. Ugh. It consisted of a movable periscope-like pipe, which provided air, and when rotated or pushed by the person interred, indicated to passerby that someone had been buried alive. mm mm-hmm. Did they have, like, people who would just hang out in the graveyard and just watch for stuff like this?
1: I mean, gravediggers are there pretty much every day, so the idea was that gravediggers would occasionally check the periscope to see if the corpse had, like, shifted or moved or anything.
0: Oh, was it like a reverse periscope? Could you see back into it?
1: I don't know if you could see out of it, but you could see into it.
0: Oh, weird. Oh, let's see. The patent text refers to that class of devices for indicating life in buried person, suggesting that such inventions were common at the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, you know, you gotta create new jobs as the market changes. Didn't they also have ones where it was like a bell? That was, like, attached to their finger or something?
1: Yeah. There were a few different ways. One was with the bell attached to the finger. One was, like, the periscope. There were a few inventions, but I only really saw, like, one or two.
0: I wonder if any of them were, like, a big... I guess not a speaker, but, like, a giant, like, microphone or, like, mm. a big trumpet or something. Maybe.
1: Here are some examples of people that were buried alive. They're all old. It's all, like, from the 1800s, so... Have no fear. I mean, there are some more recent ones, but I decided not to feature those because they'll stress you out. <laughs> so, Anna, Hock, Hock, Anna Hochwald, uh on January 10th, 1884, Anna Hawkwalt of Dayton, Ohio, went downstairs to the kitchen after dressing on the day of her brother's wedding, just after six. She was found, quote unquote, dead shortly afterwards, sitting in a chair with her head leaning against the wall. The wedding went on, and her death was determined to be the result of a sympathetic heart palpitation combined with Anna's naturally nervous disposition. Anna was buried in Woodland, but her, fin- her friends feared that she'd been buried alive because her ears lacked the ghastly pallor of death. There's, like, reports that she basically had pink ears still, and so they were like, that's a little weird. So they shared their suspicions with Anna's parents, who finally had her disinterred, and when her coffin was opened... She was on her right side, her fingers chewed to the bone, and her hair pulled from her head.
0: A machi
1: Rough. Poor Anna. Yep. Next we have Catherine Boger. Catherine Boger from the village of Morrisons in Pennsylvania fell ill in 1893. It was believed that she had died, and Dr. Willard determined that she had expired based on her no longer showing any signs of life and the diaphanous test? Um, in which he held an intense light to her hand to observe there was a scarlet line, which I don't understand how that works, but okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, sounds like some made-up bullshit, but all right. Sometime after her burial, someone approached Catherine's husband, suggesting that she had been prone to hysteria and could have been buried alive. Mr. Boger became a raving maniac, these are in quotations, um, and finally convinced his friends to dig up her grave. Upon opening her coffin, they found that Catherine's glass lid was broken, her body turned over, her hair mussed, and her skin and clothing were ripped during her struggle to free herself from the grave.
0: What does it mean by the glass lid was broken?
1: Uh, I know it was like popular for a while to bury like children or young women or young men, just like people who had died young. They would have the top be glass so that way when they were being buried, you could see them because they were still beautiful.
0: Oh.
1: I don't know. It's a uh, Victorians. I, I don't know.
0: I wonder what they mean by she was prone to hysteria and could be buried alive. Like, why would that make her
1: more... I don't know. There, maybe they were trying to say, like, maybe she was faking it or she was um had a bout of, like... Like, just had some I, kind of fit? I I don't know. Like, a fit or maybe she was zoned out and having shallow breathing or... I, I don't know what exactly they mean by that. And, you know, as we all know, hysteria is just a word that people used for women when they basically were like, you're not doing what I want you to do. So when they
0: were unhappy.
1: <laughs> yeah. When they were unhappy, when they had like mental illness or not mental illness, just unhappy. Um, just wanted
0: to live their lives. Yep. So I'd like to learn how to read. You're hysterical.
1: You're hysterical. Yeah. So I mean, who knows, honestly, either way, they did or dirty. And the last one that I have listed is John Burke. So John Burke was from Chicago, and he was buried in 1890, even though noises were heard from his coffin, as it was being lowered into the grave.
0: Come on, y'all. Right? (laughs)
1: Like, you didn't think to like, stop and just check before we like, bury him especially
0: like if everyone's so scared of being buried alive i feel like if you hear stuff like a coffin should be quiet you'd think that's the standard i would think quiet coffin
1: so several days later don't know why they didn't do it immediately uh his grave was opened to check if he had actually been dead when buried and john's body uh john's body twisted, features distorted, tongue bitten nearly in two, fingernails embedded in the flesh, and every indication that a struggle had taken place. Which is so sad. Like, all of these are so sad because being buried alive, like, one, has to be terrifying. Two, your first instinct is to panic, and that makes your air run out faster. So you're hyperventilating and running out of air, and then it's just like... It has to be excruciatingly horrible, like, psychologically and physically.
0: But why did they wait so many days? Like, they they hear some noises. They think, this is normal. And then they still think to dig it up a couple of days later based on what notion? Just because?
1: I mean, their first thought was to put a, like, hot poker up someone's rectum to see if they were still alive. So these people aren't what I would consider super bright so i don't i don't know like Hmm. science was wild that's all i got to say
0: i'm disappointed in you 18th century (laughs) yep (laughs) i'm not mad i'm just disappointed
1: (laughs) just disappointed
0: okay well at least there is some light in this Uh document of horror because there are some people who have survived being buried alive even though that in itself, God, how do you come back from that? Oh, okay. Here we go. Angelo Hayes. Bondison called the case of 19-year-old Frenchman Angelo Hayes probably the most remarkable 20th century instance of alleged premature burial. In 1937, Hayes wrecked his motorcycle with the impact throwing the young man from his machine head first into a brick wall. Woof. Yikes. Hayes' face was so disfigured that his parents weren't allowed to view the body. After locating no pulse, the doctors declared Hayes dead, and three days later, he was buried. But because of an investigation helmed by a local insurance company, his body was exhumed two days after the funeral. Much to those at the Forensic Institute's surprise, Hayes was still warm. He had been in a deep coma, and his body's diminished need for oxygen had kept him alive. After numerous surgeries and some rehabilitation, Hayes recovered completely. In fact, he became a French celebrity. People traveled from afar to speak with him. In the 1970s, he went on tour with a very souped-up security coffin. <laughs> Jeez. He, he invented <laughs> uh, featuring thick upholstery, a food locker, toilet, and toilet. And even a library. Beautiful. So he didn't even, like, really remember it. He's got the no. best of of yep. this scenario. He's got yep. the... He's been able to reap the benefits of being buried alive and coming back, but he never had to actually experience that intense terror of waking up
1: and being like, F. He got really lucky. I mean, it was the 30s. Like, I can't imagine...
0: I didn't even know they had motorcycles... In the 30s. I'm pretty sure
1: they, I mean, they had to have, otherwise this story's not
0: true. I know. I didn't even know they had insurance in the 30s.
1: Yep, they had motorcycles in the 1930s. Does it look cool? Yeah, they're pretty cool looking. Ring-a-dang-dang. Ring-a-dang-dang. They look more like bikes. They're like very... Skinny motorcycles? Yeah.
0: And here is another one. I'm sure there's more people, but these are just two of them. Uh, S.E. Dunbar. In 1915, a 30-year-old South Carolinian named Essie Dunbar suffered a fatal attack of epilepsy, or so everyone thought. After declaring her dead, doctors placed Dunbar's body in a coffin and scheduled her funeral for the next day so that her sister, who lived out of town, would still be able to pay respects. But Dunbar's sister didn't travel fast enough. She arrived only to see the last clods of dirt thrown atop the grave. This didn't sit well with Dunbar's sister, who wanted to see Essie one last time. She ordered that the body be removed. When the coffin lid was opened, Essie sat up and smiled at all around her. She lived for another 47 years. What a trooper. I can't believe she was smiling. I would have been so pissed. Same? (laughs) I guess you never know how you're going to feel until you're buried alive, and I hope never to be, but... I don't think my first thought would be to sit up and be like, Hey, everybody. It's me. I'm back. Ha ha. Ha ha. I'm Mickey Mouse now. Ha ha. Damn. Another 47 years. That ain't bad.
1: Yep. Good times. So, this leads to the question of how long would you survive being buried alive? Is this a BuzzFeed quiz? Uh, I mean, it could be. (laughs) Mine would be like 15 seconds. (laughs) So... A normal healthy person might have 10 minutes to an hour or six hours to 36 hours, depending on who you ask. Scientists can't seem to agree. So, I mean, how do you test for something like that? Well, so there actually was a test. I took that part out, but I think it's like Brit, Brit, Pop Brit. I don't know. The BBC basically did like a a thing where some guys for science, uh, particularly this one guy named Greg... Um, actually, had like ba- he buried himself alive, and basically, like a doctor and EMT or whatever was on site to make sure that you know they could pull him out once he started to like have trouble breathing. But the CO two rises so quickly they they estimated that he probably would have lasted like sixty minutes. Dang, yeah. So, because they pulled him out once he started being like, I. Oh. Because, you know, lack of oxygen to your brain. But, okay, so whether it's 10 minutes to an hour or 6 hours to 36 hours, the buildup of carbon dioxide in the coffin will likely knock you out before you have the chance to suffocate. So, while death from burial is guaranteed, it should be relatively painless.
0: Maybe physically painless, but...
1: Um, Yeah, emotionally and mentally, no, it's not going to be painless. So... It comes down ultimately to the amount of air available in the coffin itself, and the smaller you are, the longer you'll survive because you take up less space, which means there's more room for oxygen. And the moment your oxygen supply is gone, it spells the end. So swimmers or marathon runners with excellent lung capacity might gain an extra minute by holding their breaths. And what a minute. Minute in heaven. (laughs) What a minute. Really counts, yes. Yes. So this is a lot of math that I didn't quite understand, but it was in a bunch of articles, so I felt like I should include it.
0: All right, let's go.
1: Okay, so let's say the average casket measures 84 by 28 by 23 inches. And so its total volume is 54.096 cubic inches or 886 liters. And if we use that as the internal volume too, to give you a few extra minutes of life, And the average volume of a body is 66 liters. So 66 liters inside of a container that's 886 liters, which leaves 820 liters of air, one-fifth of which, 164 liters, is oxygen. If a trapped person consumes 0.5 liters of oxygen per minute, it would take almost five and a half hours before all of the oxygen in the coffin was consumed. Hmm. So it just depends on if you immediately have a panic attack and start breathing real heavy.
0: Well, you might breathe heavy, but you're probably breathing heavy and shallow. So you're probably not actually, like, inhaling that much
1: air. I guess, but it's better if you're taking less breaths. Even if they're shallow, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Slow and deliberate. Hair versus turtle or whatever.
0: (laughs) Just whether you, you get dead quicker or not
1: yeah but i mean grunge.com tells us what we're supposed to do if we're buried alive
0: okay here's how you maybe survive maybe you know or just make the best of it thank you grunge.com for teaching me to stop being scared and just love being buried alive
1: (laughs) embrace it
0: number one calm down no you calm down (laughs)
1: Don't tell me what to do.
0: I'm buried alive. I'm very stressed out right now. (laughs) An anxiety attack will speed up your breathing and cause you to lose oxygen faster. Stay calm and take slow, deliberate breaths. Number two, check what you've been buried with. A belt? Use the metal on the buckle to start scratching at the lid. Your cell phone, even if you've got no signal, remember that in many cases, emergency numbers like 911 or 112 will be picked up by any nearby cell tower, sometimes even if your phone doesn't have a service plan. I'm guessing this is like if someone's buried you on purpose or you're buried beneath rubble or something, because I don't think people bury you with your iPhone or your
1: phone. The chance of you being buried alive is so slim because they take you to the morgue. Like, there's typically, you know, the funeral. There's so many, like, steps before you're buried that the chances of you being buried alive, like, at a funeral are... Super slim. Not going to happen. Um, okay.
0: So it's been done on purpose.
1: Yeah. This is like if someone has purposefully buried you in a coffin or um, you're buried under rubble or, you know, any of those things.
0: All right. Number three. Start tapping the Morse code for SOS on the lid of the coffin so Dwight Schrute can find you because he's the yes. only one who knows Morse code. Yep. Or you will, too, after we tell this to you. It's three quick taps, three long taps, three quick taps. How do you do a long tap? Because I feel like, by virtue, a tap is just, you know, like that. How do you make that longer? Well, Wouldn't it be like... Okay, fair point. Right? So just do like Becca do. Just now. I'm helping. That's SOS. The chances that you're going to be heard are almost unspeakably low. Wow. Thanks for that <laughs> vote of confidence, Grunge.com. You don't know how loud I tap. But there's always the chance that you haven't been buried yet or that you've been buried in a shallow grave. If so, someone hearing you is going to be your ticket out of there. Uh, number four. Dig yourself out like that scene in Kill Bill 2. To dig yourself out, you're going to first have to break through the coffin lid. If it's made of steel... You're dead. If it's made of cardboard, (laughs) you're golden. Grab a tool if you can and start attacking. Dirt is going to start pouring in. You might be able to save yourself from immediate suffocation if you protect your face with an item of clothing. If this works, start scraping your way out. Man, I I thought these were going to be more helpful, but I feel like it's still kind of being like, you're probably dead (laughs) anyway. But you could try these. I don't know.
1: I mean, most of the cases... Most of the cases of people being, like, found after they're buried alive, it's typically, like, just dumb luck or chance or someone being like, I don't know. So, um, basically, what they're saying is, like, unless you've been buried in a shallow grave in, like, a plywood box or a cardboard box, the chances of you surviving are very slim.
0: I mean, I guess they they gave it to me straight, I just didn't want to hear it. All right. So this all might sound drastic, and it is, but people have survived this way before. The Huffington Post reported in 2013 that a man in Brazil dug himself out of his own admittedly shallow grave after being injured in a fight. Apparently, a lady was mourning at the cemetery and saw a man climbing out of a grave and called the police. Well, wonder what they said to her when she was like, uh, there's a zombie out here. They're like,
1: what the fuck?
0: According to the Huffington Post article I read- and that's Becca Red, not me. Hi. It wasn't apparent how he ended up there. He reportedly worked as a city hall employee, and it's believed he got into a fight in another part of the city and was badly beaten up in the altercation and was apparently buried in a shallow grave in the cemetery? hmm Is that smart or is that really dumb?
1: I don't know. I'm torn. Hmm. Genius or incredibly stupid?
0: I mean, stupid in this case, because he wasn't dead. Well,
1: in closing... Today, the chances of being buried alive are very small. When an individual individual dies in a hospital, they're usually attached to a machine that reads their brainwaves, heartbeat, and respiration. If activity in all of these stops, the patient is considered dead and sent to a funeral home. And in the U.S., it's illegal for a person to be buried without a medical professional pronouncing them deceased, making the chances of someone bypassing these tests very, very slim.
0: I'm glad that we're past the point of sticking hot pokers up our butts.
1: me too i'm glad that humans as a species have evolved past that because jesus at least for telling if people are dead i know people
0: put weird stuff in their butts on their own free time
1: nurses please don't tell us those stories (laughs) please tell me those stories no i don't i I don't want to hear them you can tell taylor email and be like taylor's eyes only
0: (laughs) i like it when they're like i fell onto this remote control it's in my butt i tripped and it fell up into my butt they lying that's my favorite thing is the explanations for for Mm -mm. why they're there nurses know better they know that you just don't want to talk to your partner about butt play and sat on a controller
1: there's too many stories of animals (laughs) dying inside of rectums and i can't I can't.
0: I don't want to hear those. Inanimate objects only, please. Yes,
1: please. Those I could handle.
0: Put all of that information in the title so we know what we're getting into. Yes. (laughs) Inanimate object, but story, nurse's perspective, Taylor's eyes only. (laughs) Yes, please.
1: (laughs) So what are your recs this week?
0: Not really recommendations, but just... I feel like a lot of scary stories are coming up and I'm getting really excited and I just want them to be out already. I wish that the preview or whatever for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark during the Super Bowl had been longer instead of the little snippets. I'm really curious how they're going to tie, like how they're going to tie them all into an actual movie. But I loved the Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark when I was little, the the books. And I just... I don't know. I like Guillermo del Toro, and I want to know what they're going to do with it. But I'm excited for that. I'm kind of excited for that new movie that's coming out, The Prodigy. It's got What's-Her-Face from Orange is the New Black, is it Taylor Schilling. Piper later? Yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, it looks like it's, you know, kind of like the kid-possessed story or whatever, but mm-hmm. I've heard that there's some kind of, like, twist in the third act. So mm. we'll see how that goes. But there's that. I think Us is coming out in March, which I know we're mm-hmm. in February, so we still got some time. But I just have a lot of scary movies coming out that I'm excited for because I haven't really watched or seen anything lately that really has scratched that itch. I, I need some some new, hopefully good quality stuff because between Netflix and, and Hulu, I just feel like... The pickings are getting a little slim.
1: Yeah, I would agree. So I'm excited for those. Me too. Especially scary stories to tell in the dark. I'm very excited for that.
0: I know. I wish I had my copies of them. I feel like they've got to be in my parents' house somewhere. I just got to keep digging. Because I know I had copies of all of them and I wouldn't have given them away.
1: I only checked them out from the library because I think I was scared to have them like in my home.
0: I had copies of them, but. Where could they be now maybe they're haunted and my parents were like uh these gotta go i mean maybe
1: your mom would know she's been around the most haunted stuff
0: i know lucky duck
1: maybe yeah Mm, i don't know if lucky (laughs) lucky is quite the word um what about you uh last night i watched all of russian doll and it was very very good it's a show on Netflix. I feel like everybody's talking about it because it was very good. It's kind of like Groundhog's Day, but with Natasha Leon, who is also from Orange is the New Black. And I really like Charlie Barnett, who is the other character, like main character in the series. Is it scary? I mean, a little bit, like existentially, kind of. Hmm. But in general, not really. Like, there were some times where it was tense and, like, I was afraid. But it wasn't because it was, like, necessarily, like, horror in the traditional sense. But it was very good. Uh, I cried a little. I laughed a lot. Just good all around. And, like, I feel like even if they do a second and third season like I was reading, apparently they planned to. I actually would be fine if they just ended it with this first season because it was like, I feel like it was a complete story and it was perfectly fine on its own.
0: And it's short, right? You said it's only six episodes?
1: I think so. It's either six or eight.
0: Are they like an hour each?
1: I think so.
0: I mean, that's still, that's a good like digestible chunk for mm-hmm. a, a good a good show.
1: Yep. And then the other thing I want to wreck is Rachel bought me Hustle Cat, which is a dating sim- uh, on Steam. And I love me a, a good dating sim. I don't care. <laughs> and it's basically work at, like, a cat cafe. So.
0: And fall in love?
1: Yeah, you fall in love. With a cat? But there's a twist. Well, kind not really, but you'll see. It's a magical, like, and my magical, I mean, like, a curse. It's like a curse. Ah, uh, if. Yeah. It's called Hustle Cat? Mm-hmm because you got to do that hustle you got to work got to work to make that paper got to feed the kitties
0: i want to feed this kitty me i'm the kitty and i'm hungry Ugh, there's okay. pizza
1: in the other room yeah i've got some i've got some food next to me that i keep mm. sneaking
0: you've done a great job i'm so proud of you thanks well that is going to do it for us this week thank you for listening you can subscribe to us on itunes we're also on google play and hopefully by this episode coming out on tuesday we are supposed to be on spotify now Ooh. we got approved but it said we might not show it for a couple days so i'll uh i'll do an update on our instagram which you can also wow. follow at ghost emoji show and uh, let everyone know once we are officially on there but you can follow us on instagram you can follow us on uh twitter I blanked for a second. Couldn't remember what that uh bird one
1: was. Tur- with the bird one.
0: We're on the bird one. Follow us on bird. <laughs> at ghost emoji show. Bird. Bird? You can send us any email questions, stuff like that. Tell us about your uh nurse butt stories. At ghost podcast at gmail.com. Uh, our intro and outro music is by a band. Fuck. I feel like I feel like I never shout them out and I like their stuff, but it's a uh, post yes by Soft and Furious so you can find some of their stuff, but they do our intro and outro.
1: And I think that's it. Well, you know what we always say, always remember to say goodbye. So goodbye. Bye.